Hello to wherever you are listening to us. I am Cam Hall, the new head of news here at Raw 12.51am. And today um, I'm joined for an interview by um, one of the team from Protect Work Women. Um, before we start, I'd just like to say a quick content warning that we will be discussing sexual violence within this interview. But today, as I said, I'm joined by one of the team from Protect Work Women who have recently organised a sit-in on the piazza protesting the university and the SU's response to sexual violence on campus. Now, um, they've chosen to remain anonymous, but I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by one of the team from Protect Work Women. Um, hello, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure to have you um, for this interview today. So if we can go straight into questions now. So I guess really my first question is, how did the sit-in come about in the first place? What motivated you to decide that you needed to, to have the sit-in on the piazza? So obviously the problem on campus with uh, sexual violence and the lack of response from the university and the SU has been something that's been an issue for a very long time. Um, our whole team is actually made up of first years, so we weren't present when um, the situation with the rape chat occurred. However, obviously, because it was so public, we were all very aware of it. Um, since arriving on campus this year, there have already been three. Well, there's been one uh, protest march and one vigil um, speaking out sort of against um, the uni's dealings with um, how they respond to sexual violence and still no change had been made. So obviously that was something we were all talking about and then we thought that actually there was an opportunity for us to do something about that and to try and really put pressure on the university and the SU to take action. Um, so we decided to organise a sit-in. Um, we did so, uh, we, we started talking about this actually uh, last weekend and then um, we went public with our plans on Monday of last week and then the sit-in started on Thursday so really it was all quite a spontaneous um, thing although obviously it's it's something that has been a long time coming in terms of uh, the the anger and sort of disappointment of the students here in how the university has been behaving um, one question that we've had, and as I said, before the interview, we asked students for their questions. And um, one question that came up was, um, why do you believe that the university and the SU has so far not done enough to tackle sexual violence on campus? Uh, to be honest, I believe that um, actually a lot of staff members within the university and the SU are interested in making a change. However, they are the lower level staff members and it's actually the people um, at the very top of uh, management within the university who, uh, for reasons I can't even begin to understand, um, simply just haven't really been bothered to invest the money or the time into making a change here. Um, we know that like in, within individual departments, um, there has been action made, so for example, uh, in within the law department, they've recently introduced uh, personal tutors who can um, deal with survivors of sexual violence. Um, however, there has not really been any really significant change uh, in the university as a whole. And I think, to be honest, when we're in with, throughout our talks with them, uh, they've brought up how it's it's a it's a worldwide issue and it's not it's not strictly limited to our university, which I do think is true. However, I don't think that's an excuse not to take action. And I think um, Warwick has a strong reputation as a university that has a problem with sexual violence on campus and a problem with inaction with the uni. 
Um, and I think they do have an opportunity to um, sort of be at the forefront of making this change, which they're not taking for reasons. Really, honestly, I, I have no idea why they wouldn't, because uh, to me, it seems as if it would only have a positive effect on the university. Well, um, we asked the university for a statement um, before the interview today, and this is what they said to us. So they said that our policy on sexual misconduct is clear. It will not be tolerated. Individuals who are found to have broken our values, either by the police or by our own comprehensive disciplinary processes, will face sanctions, which include expulsion or withdrawal from the university. It goes on to say that prevention and awareness raising are critical to our approach. We are working with all academic departments to incorporate active bystander support training for all new students from the next academic year, as well as with the students' union, societies and sports clubs on their own awareness campaigns and disclosure referral training. Staff are attending training sessions on the impact of sexual misconduct on individuals, as well as how to respond to disclosures. It also um, states that we strongly encourage anyone who has experienced sexual misconduct to contact, report and support so that we can take action and support victims. Um, individuals can access report and support through the website. It could be signposted by contacting their personal tutors, wellbeing support staff, resident tutors, campus security staff, or SU staff, and a trained student liaison officer will get in touch to provide support within 48 hours. Um, can I ask you, what's your response to that statement? Well, in my opinion, I think it's clear that the um, processes they have in place to deal with this clearly aren't working. Throughout um, the meetings we've had with the university over the last two days, um, they've continually tried to, when we raise concerns with them, they respond by telling us what they're already doing. Um, our response to that is firstly that they shouldn't have to be telling us what they're already doing. It should be very clear to all students what systems are already in place. These systems aren't clear and they're also not effective because this problem has continued despite continual protests and also a lot of public attention towards the situation that's been going on. Um, in my opinion, the, the, pro the steps they should be taking to prevent this should come from disciplinary action. And I think that um, directing people to report and support is, is an interesting response to this because I think that they should focus uh, first on trying to eradicate the problem. A zero tolerance policy is, is in, in, in our opinion, something that means that um, these people should not be tolerated on campus. And currently we've it, upon speaking to many, many students at the start of our sit-in, we've had multiple stories about people who have faced um, punishments such as two-week suspensions and then have returned to campus. And obviously, because of the confidentiality around these cases, um, the people, the perpetrators cannot be named, um, which obviously means that people who've been facing disciplinary action are allowed to come back to university after this time, and they also are allowed to continue um, interacting with the rest of the student body and also um, essentially just carrying on as normal once they face this punishment. Um, in, in our opinion, if you actually want to deter people from this kind of behaviour, you need a stronger consequence because if you're not punished severely for your actions, then um, who's to show you that you've done anything wrong if clearly in the first place you don't think that sexual misconduct is something that is, is wrong, essentially. So to be honest, I think the university should be doing more to outreach to students to get their opinions rather than working internally because as, as we've been doing, we've spoken to hundreds of students and also we've had 
so we've had so many stories of situations which just are absolutely shocking and really really disappointing and i think that if the university made a bigger effort to reach out to students then they would be able to learn a lot more and they would be able to um, implement new policies um, and make sure that they were the most productive policies possible uh, obviously without student input they can't do this but i think that um, at this point for them to ask for student input would be them publicly acknowledging the problem to students, which is something that they've continually refused to do. Um, on Monday, you made a series of demands um, to the university and the students' union. Um, can I ask you very quickly to talk about these demands a bit more? And um, specifically, what do you believe that these demands will achieve? So, of course, we know that there's a lot of organisations that already exist on campus that are working to try and encourage the union, the SU, to take action against sexual violence. So we reached out to all of them and we all collaborated together, um, sharing our ideas and demands of things that we want the university and the SU to change. Um, currently, the demands we have published are the university ones and we're working on the um, document for the SU. But um, these demands are essentially covering all, all bases from all different uh, societies and groups within the university that are trying to combat uh, sexual violence and sexual misconduct on campus. Um, we've split the demands into five sections, uh, which cover the, the actual physical campus, what can be done there, what can be done with training, what can be done with supporting survivors of sexual misconduct and um, what can be done within the disciplinary proceedings and then finally how the university can be accountable and transparent to their students um, so that they can be aware of everything which the university is doing to help solve this problem. Um, I've had a couple of questions about um, one of your demands, specifically um, I believe it is Demand 2VI, which speaks about the police presence on campus. Um, you've um, listed in your demand that you wish to ensure that the police are no, not present on campus unless they have evidence of a crime in progress. And I've had a couple of questions about this. David Bush, who is a second year PPE student, has asked, why do you think banning the police from campus would promote the safety of students on campus? And an anonymous second year PPE student has asked, won't effectively banning police from campus be more dangerous for women? Is the risk of rape not increased from this? Um, so actually, this is one of the um, demands that we've been planning on clarifying. Um, throughout our meetings with the university, um, they've stressed to us that they uh, have limited... Well, to be honest, they're bouncing back and forth between saying that uh, they have limited control over the police presence on campus and also saying that um, they do have control over the police presence on campus. Essentially, what we've outlined to them more specifically throughout our meetings is we do not want the police to be patrolling um, the campus uh, if, the stu if students at the university aren't notified of this. And we, we asked them if they would potentially allow for alerts to be uh, put on the, on the My Work app that are alerting of a police presence on campus and giving reasons for that. We have uh, learned in our talks with the uni that often the police do need to be present on campus. For example, if there is an, an ongoing crisis that's not um, necessarily a crime that's being committed, or for example, to um, help some international students with administration tasks. Um, we understand that obviously the police um, are something which it which help enforce um, justice and make the university a safer place. However, we feel at the moment, for example, the presence of police helicopters in the past few weeks is something which can be um, 
triggering and can also be intimidating for students, as well as a large police presence. Um, patrolling around in a van can also be something which is quite intimidating to students. And I think that we, we would prefer for the university to implement a system whereby as students are able to be notified if there's a police presence on campus and potentially part of the reason obviously we know they can't disclose any like full situations but part of the reason as to why the police are on campus just so that students are more aware of it and they can feel like um they're not they're not um being they're not at risk from the police obviously the police uh, do serve to protect but in recent times it has been shown for example with the Sarah Everard case that um we can't always 100% um, have our faith in them. And I think, for example, on Saturday night, we were approached by police um, who who approached us in a van and eight police, eight police uh, staff got out of the van and there were 10 of us um, and we felt very intimidated by that. And um, I, we feel that it wasn't necessary for them to approach us with that much force. And I think that do, in doing that, you antagonise the people who who you're trying to approach um, and you intimidate them. And I think if, if we had much more, we, we had more transparency both from the university and from the police, then people would feel more comfortable around them. And then also probably people would be more likely to go to the police for support. So just to clarify very quickly, you're not calling for an outright ban of the police on campus, but more of a regulated approach to policing on campus. Yeah, we have, we have since um, been talking about correcting this. And we do plan to update uh, people as soon as we can on that. So uh, thanks for actually giving us an opportunity to clarify that um, on a public platform. But it, it's essentially just more transparency with why the police are there uh, and just letting students know in order that uh, people aren't caught off guard and intimidated by a large police presence. Looking ahead now to perhaps the future both of the sit-in, Protect Warwick Women, but also perhaps your interactions with the university and the Students' Union. Um, we gave a statement from the university earlier on in the interview, just very quickly from um, the SU. The SU have said that they have fully supported the protests and demands have been offering um, support and advice to the protesters, both through assistance with purchasing tents and other key equipment and in making contact with the university and lobbying for the implementation of their demands. Um, the SU's women's officer, Amara, has been particularly active in supporting the protesters in their contact with the university and coordinating the delivery of required items. And they also go on to say that they will continue to support the protesters to help them achieve their goals and agreement to, to their demands and remain committed to tackling and removing sexual violence from our campus and further afield. Hearing that from the Students' Union and also perhaps looking at interactions with the university, I know um, you mentioned earlier that your you, the interaction that you had on Monday was unproductive. Um, how do you see the way forward working with the university and with the students union um yeah having the support of members of the SU, uh, SU especially Amara who's been absolutely amazing and they've been such an amazing help to us has been really 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 encouraging and um obviously really positive for us as well at the moment our main our main uh, feeling is that the university still isn't taking uh, us seriously enough um we we feel that this is an issue which has been going on for long enough and it's also an issue which has been actively in in the limelight and people have been actively speaking out against for at least three years now and so we do feel that now is the time to put immense pressure on the university uh, both by um, our means of protest and also by 
um, press attention and bringing this to public light um, to actually finally make some make some um, serious change which is going to have a long-lasting impact so that we don't have to have this discussion again in whether that be in six months time or in a few years time so for now um, our plan is to hang tight in the piazza um, and we're going to reassess our situation uh, in a few days once we've had another meeting with the university. Um, at the moment, to be honest, we've been our meeting today was a 45 minute slot with the university. Um, we've been going through the demand and discussing them. We are currently um, midway through the second section of our five section list of demands, um, which I think should be an indication as to how slowly the process is moving. Um, it does genuinely feel to us as if there, there's a lack of engagement and lack of um, lack of uh, proactive, not necessarily proactivity, but more like there's a lack of urgency. And uh, to us, this seems like a very urgent situation because the, for every you know for every day longer that this goes on, there's more and more people who are facing um, sexual assault and sexual violence on campus, and there are more and more people who are having disappointing experiences with the support services on campus, and more and more people are losing faith um, in this university's ability to deal with the problem effectively. So we do honestly feel that it, it's something which should be. Um, the top one of the top priorities of the university right now and it's shocking to us that um, it doesn't seem to be everyone's top priority right now so we we intend to reach out uh, directly um, over over the next few days to different members of staff to ensure that um, we can get them engaged and we can organize meetings with them to discuss specific demands um, but for now we're we're planning on staying um, in the piazza until we feel 100% confident that the university is going to act on these demands because there is a history with um, the university over-promising and then later on uh, not delivering and disappointing students. And we, we do feel like by doing this, we are holding them to account and, and putting pressure on them to get uh, things dealt with uh, in a, in a short, relatively short time frame, or even just to um, commit to getting things dealt with at some point in the future publicly. But this lack of public statements public statement to the students or public commitment to actually um making sure that they work with students to make the campus a safer place is still not something that has been done and i think um that just shows to us that um it signals to us that potentially they they don't intend to um 100 follow through on, on everything that's been happening so all, all we really want to see is a strong commitment from the university in writing uh, to the students that they do intend to uh, make some changes and until we're 100% confident that uh, we can we can believe in that um, we will be continuing to sit in and um, yeah we're, we're currently uh, looking at how we can move forward to put more pressure on the university if they're not taking us seriously at the moment. Just one last question um, very quickly um, what can those who aren't able to participate in the sit-in do to help? Um, so there are there are a lot of things that people can do to help who uh, aren't participating. Obviously, if you are on campus, it's always nice to uh, see friendly faces coming down and supporting us. So obviously, um, coming down to the piazza with obviously a mask and uh, social distancing just to say hi is nice. Um, we also have a GoFundMe. Um, if you look at the at Protect Work Women um, Instagram bio, there's a link tree which connects um, to a GoFundMe. Uh, these donations are being used for supplies such as tents. Um, obviously, at the moment, we do, we do have 
uh, tents, but we are, it hasn't rained yet. And we're conscious that after it does, um, we might be in need of, of more supplies. Um, at the end of the sit-in, we, we will probably be donating this money to a charity or potentially donating it to uh, one of the university societies, which can help to combat um, sexual assault and sexual violence on campus. Um, another thing which I, I think, to be honest, is the most important thing is actually just sharing on social media and speaking publicly to the people you know about the situation that's going on. Um, at the moment, it, it seems as if the university is, is choosing to put their um, public perception and reputation over the safety and well-being of their students. Um, their choice to give a statement to the BBC uh, before acknowledging the sitting in any way to the students was was surprising to us. And we do feel that um, by raising the um, profile of the situation, it will put more pressure on the university to take action because if, if they won't listen to their current students, then I should hope that they would listen to their prospective and future students who are who are concerned about uh, the situation and the way it's been dealt with, or I guess the way that it hasn't been dealt with. Well, thanks very much um, for joining us on behalf of Protect Work Women today. That's okay. Thank you so much as well. So that was um, Protect Work Women, or one of the team currently participating in the sit-in on the piazza. Um, to listen to this interview, um, you can catch us across all of our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can catch us on all of our streaming platforms as well, uh, Mixcloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, where you can listen to the rest of our content and everything else that we, w- we will be producing um, within the coming year. Thanks very much for listening. Across campus, online and on 12.51am, this, this, this is your student radio station.